Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at paediatric trainees or anyone interested in child health. I'm Asim, one of the paediatric trainees here in Wales and one of the presenters for Dragon Bites. This week we have the final episode of our Left to Right Shunt series that we've been doing with Professor Orhan Uzun, Fetal and Paediatric Cardiologist at the University Hospital of Wales. We're now going to complete the series with our final part of our atrioventricular septal defect episode. Anyway, let's get started. So you've got the ECG and the patient doesn't have any um, sign of pulmonary hypertension, but there is biventricular hypertrophy, large um, atria, uh, right atrium, large left atrium, so volume loading. Um, so patient is symptomatic, mm. what shall we do? We're going to do a few things. One, we're going to optimize patient's airway. Mm -hmm. We're going to optimize patient's feeding. Mm -hmm. We're going to optimize patient's calorie intake. Mm -hmm. We're going to optimize patient's circulating volume, mm -hmm. volume reduction, diuretics. And now we're going to optimize patient's vascular tone mm -hmm. or inotropy or contractility. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the mainstay of our management sure so very similar to vsd management absolutely mm. there is absolutely no difference classic standard um, vsd type mm -hmm. scenario in these patients pulmonary pressure rises very quickly as a result of the other associated problems like upper respiratory tract problems tonsillitis and recurrent infections so therefore ent input and respirology input is essential for these patients mm -hmm. And if there is no airway, airway problem, if there is no obstructive sleep apnea, if there is no respiratory issue, but patient is having persistently low saturations, then you would be worried. So you would refer this patient for surgery sooner than later, instead of uh, wasting time with diuretics and other medications uh, in the hope of controlling heart failure and gaining time so the baby can reach sort of four or five kilograms. Yeah. When this baby comes to you, you start diuretics. Usually you combine it with um, sort of two diuretics uh, will be combined, mm -hmm. prosomite and spinalactone or chlorothiazide if baby has some problem with um, calcium retention. Mm -hmm. And uh, you put them on sometimes digoxin if necessary, slow down the heart rate mm -hmm. or better filling. Um, and uh, a bit of inotropy. Captopril, so Captopril is the mainstay of um, heart failure treatment in children. Mm -hmm. So you would start Captopril with a bit of Tesco's, mm -hmm. check using his, and then give them small dose of Captopril and check baby's um, blood pressure every 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour. And if baby tolerates, and then uh, check using his. If there's no rise in potassium, no sign of um, kidney dysfunction, then we gradually increase it. Spinalactone is the same. You can give them twice a day, or frisomite can be given three times a day. Both of them can be given three times a day if necessary. Mm -hmm. Captopril, also eight hourly, as you know. Um, then what would you do? Because you're not treating the abnormality, are you? Yeah. Eventual, eventually, you have to refer this patient for surgery. Mm -hmm. When is the best timing? 
So presumably this is yet again another weight dependent Absolutely. factor. Yeah. Wonderful. The surgery, success of surgery depended on a few things. Mm -hmm. One of them is gestation mm -hmm. and the other one is weight at birth. Mm -hmm. And of, co of course the um, associated um, lesions and associated abnormalities also mm. um, have a huge impact on the outcomes. So weight dependent, time dependent, symptoms dependent. So ideally in a receptal defect we don't delay surgery beyond um, five, six months of age. Mm -hmm. In VSD you can delay it but in a receptal defect pulmonary hypertension develops very quickly. Mm -hmm. So the difference between VSD and a receptal defect is that in VSD you can you can afford to wait a little mm. bit longer yeah. to see whether um, the nature will play its trick and will make the VSD smaller and you can avoid surgery or you can buy time to the device closure if it is muscular VSD yeah. but in, a, in AVSD you don't have such luxury so you do tend to operate when they reach you know, four and um, five kilograms that's your aim mm -hmm. and five kilograms would be ideal they usually get operation at three and a half, four months of age, definitely before six months of age, sometime five months, but they are certainly not beyond six months. Mm -hmm. And um, surgery involves, can you imagine what sort of repair we, we would do? So you have two holes, you have also common bowel. Yeah. Think of those um, common shared leaflets, superior and inferior bridging leaflets, mm. yeah, on top of the septum. Um, below the primum um, ASD. Yeah. So you, there are two holes and there are um, two separate inlets, but now they're single, so yeah. you need to separate them. Hmm. So what you need to do, you need to put a patch to separate or to repair the ventricular septal defect. Yep. And then patch to repair the atrial septal defect mm -hmm. and then you put the patch in such a way that you also divide those common leaflets into two components one for the right one for the left mm -hmm. does it make sense yeah yeah but still those shared ones one superior one inferior you split them into two equally well what happened on this side still they're not together mm. separated from each other so you need to put them together to turn now what you've done the mitral leaflet you turn mitral or left-sided inlet into three components mm. didn't you yeah that's my point you got three components you need to you need to stitch them repair the superior bridging leaflets on the left side and make them turn them into a single one leaflet okay yeah and um, repair of left-sided inlet um, and the repair of the right-sided inlet and turn right-sided inlet into, into trifoliate a trifoliate yeah um, valve and then mitral valve into bifoliate valve yeah that is the aim mm -hmm. some surgeons do single patch technique but recently most people would do two patch techniques so you put two separate patch mm. and some people pull them uh, VSD upwards and use just one patch mm -hmm. um, 
a two patch repair uh, preferred and depending on the size of VSD of course if the VSD is not very big you can do a single patch repair so a surgeon um, decides on that on the basis of what information you provided to the surgeon yeah. on echocardiogram long-term outcome in these patients and mortality with surgery is pretty good in the UK is no more than five six percent um, thirty mortality and um, again one year mortality is no more than perhaps eight ten percent in the UK mm -hmm. long-term survival 20 years survival is over 80 percent in these patients so that's um, quite 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 good compared to before what else um, would you think of in these patients uh, that is relevant to pediatricians? So do you think um, we should um, consider something else? Say this patient um, came to you with abdominal obstruction and um, surgeon found inferior vena cava was not coming to the heart um, and it was interrupted and patient had two neck veins going into the um, atrium separately to the right atrium, so bilateral superior vena cava. And they also noted that this patient had uh, no spleen or multiple spleens. Um, patient comes with acute abdomen and you looked at the patient's chest x-ray and it looks like he has two um, similar lungs and the bronchi look exactly the same. Mm. So what would be your thinking? So this is what we were talking about isomerism. Oh, before, yeah. we have seen patients who had operation, came back from surgery, mm -hmm. um, and uh, months after admitted to hospital with uh, malrotation. Mm -hmm. It can happen. Sometimes isomerism may not be born or obvious. Yeah. Um, it can even happen with um, normal looking um, chambers. Wow. So you need to be very, very careful. So if you come across such scenario, you should be thinking of that. Mm -hmm. It's very important. And how would you diagnose malrotation prior to surgery? Barium meal. Barium meal, yeah. Absolutely. Brilliant. Well, um, I think I have probably gone through everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is our um, routine? What we do? What do we do in the end? <laughs> so we normally end by by going over our three take home messages. Don't Excellent. We? And you tell three, and then I tell three, don't I? Okay. So, fab. Uh, three um, messages from you. Three messages from myself and yourself. So, so was my first message from an anatomical perspective, we're looking at a um, primum ASD, an inlet VSD alongside. Um, two valve leaflets that are a common valve leaflets that are, that would that, are, that join what would have been the mitral and tricuspid valve, but aren't really those anymore. So that's from an anatomical perspective. Um, from a uh, a presentation perspective, I suppose it presents very much like we'd expect a VSD to present, and so much of our treatment methods follow those lines. More importantly, though, from an intervention and management perspective, we do not have the time to play with that we would do with a VSD. So we have to intervene earlier in children who have an AVSD. Excellent. Absolutely wonderful. Spot on. Mm. So I'm going to go into clinical take home messages. So I will start with um, clinical examination. Mm. So murmur, um, pan systolic murmur in these patients, then uh, 
um, that would be due to not VSD. We don't expect pan-systolic um, murmur in these patients. VSD is usually large and the pressures are equal. Mm. A murmur is a function of different pressures between the two chambers, murmur. Mm. Um, so murmur in AVA septal defect patients would be due to leaky valves, not VSD. Yeah. Unless VSD is restricted, unless VSD is small, yeah. remember. Then the um, VSD would be heard by the left um, sternate. Mm -hmm. Okay, one is VSD. VSD is due to leaky valves. If you have as good ears as Asim, then <laughs> you would also hear diastolic rumble. Mm -hmm. This is listening, right? Um, second tip is on chest x-ray. What do you say on chest x-ray? You get pulmonary plethora, and then that plethora um, would show itself um, extending vascularity into the third, um, um, beyond two-thirds of lung fields vertically divided. Mm -hmm. And the pulmonary arteries would be large, main pulmonary artery or pulmonary corners would be prominent on the chest x-ray. ECG, what you're not going to forget, left axis deviation, left axis, particularly when it is associated with trisomy 21. Mm -hmm. Those are the three things I would like to give you from clinical and investigational point of view. Absolutely. I hope listeners will enjoy this. I enjoy this. Yeah, I always enjoy this. Thank you very much, Professor Uzu. You're welcome. So um, looking forward to seeing you again. Yeah. And, and thank you um, for asking me to talk about this. Thank you. And I just wanted to say thank you again to Professor Orhan Uzun for taking so much time out to discuss all this cardiology with us. I hope you've all found this as useful as I have, and it should hopefully help you with your exams and some of your clinical practice. We're going to take a brief break over Easter for the next three to four weeks while we record some more episodes for you, but we'll see you before long. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites. <laughs>